The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line, we've got two people. We've got Melanie Courtney joining us, the CEO of Kids Safe Victoria. And we've also got Alison Rees, who is a bereaved mum of uh, Bella. And Bella sadly passed away at 14 months old after swallowing a button battery. So good morning to both of you. Thank you very much for being on the program. Morning. Thanks very much for having us, Rachel. My pleasure. I think it's really important, as you would imagine, that we get the information about this issue out there. So, Alison, I might just um, start with you. If you can just tell us your story and, and what took place. Yeah, look, we lost Bella when she was 14 months old, like you said. Um, it was nearly seven years ago now. And it was probably the most difficult thing any parent would have to go through. Mm. Um, she was quite ill for a few days, um, about 19 days, and was showing a lot of symptoms of other viruses or, you know, common illnesses that children have. So it was really hard to pinpoint what was wrong with her. Um, we did have her at the hospital four times, and unfortunately an x-ray wasn't done until the last visit, and um, it was too late. Mm, that would have been just an incredible few days to have to go through. So you hadn't realised that she'd swallowed a a button battery until the x-ray had been conducted, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we knew something wasn't right. Um, you know, she'd had a high fever, she was refusing food, she wasn't sleeping well, uh, and she wasn't her usual self. And this obviously went on for, for quite a few days and, um, you know, four visits to the hospital and it, it was perceived it was a virus and um, turns out it was a button battery um, and unfortunately to this day we still don't know where that button battery came from. So you didn't have a lot of button battery appliances in your house? No, so we went through our entire house and um, when a child passes away the police have to as well mm. so um, a full search was done of the house and you know checking all items seeing if anything was missing and what was powered by a button battery um, and look there are a lot of common things in the home that we're probably not aware of like your bathroom scales and your kitchen scales um, and, and musical birthday cards like we we did have both in the house but everything had the battery um, in their case so uh, yeah look she was playing at the park um, a few days before she got sick so we um, can only assume that She's potentially picked something up mm. from outside that hasn't been correctly disposed of. And in those first few days, did you sort of go along with it and think she's probably got a virus or were you thinking, no, there's probably something else going on here that hasn't yet been diagnosed? Uh, the first visit, um, we, weren't, we weren't 100% convinced. Um, I was under the impression she had swallowed something or she'd eaten something. She was at one of those children. She was 14 months old. They put things in their mouth. Mm. So we were constantly picking, you know, she was also putting toys in her mouth and, and things like that. And she was teething at the time as well. So um, I did have a feeling something was swallowed and we did address it, but the signs and symptoms she was showing was indicating more of a viral infection. Um, so it, that was being dismissed. And, you know, there, there has been obviously a lot more training since in the hospital system just to educate the staff and the doctors on what are the symptoms of button battery ingestion. So unless you know that a battery or you've witnessed a battery being ingested, it's actually really hard to detect. 
Melanie, I'll go over to you now. Can you tell me about how widespread this problem is in Victoria? Yeah, sure, Mitchell. So, well, across the country, we have 20 children every single week that are treated in hospital from a button battery-related injury. So it's not always children swallowing them. It could be ears, nose, as, as Alison said, you know, kids of that age in particular uh, do tend to put objects everywhere. So, um, you know, it is really widespread and that's why it's so important for families to, you know, make sure that they do know what, what objects do have button batteries in their home and make sure that they are secure. What proportion of those 20 end up dying? Is it a, a small percentage? Well, so we've had three children, uh, including Bella, that have died uh, in Australia. So Summer and Brittany also lost their lives. Uh, but we do have a number of other children who have serious ongoing mm. um injuries and and you know i think the point with that too is it can happen from a flat battery as well it doesn't have to be one of the ones that's fully charged and powering objects in your home it might be a flat battery that you know you think you might dispose of and just haven't got around to doing it yet they can do some really really serious long-term damage as well so just don't leave flat batteries as in once you take it out of the device the calculator the kitchen scales uh, make sure that you dispose it or i suppose keep it really high out of children's reach that's right, out of their reach and out of their sight because they are quite creative and if they, they can find a way to get to something that they want, they will. So, yeah, make sure that you do dispose of them. There's, there's lots of recycling um, opportunities around the country as well. So, you know, your local supermarkets, um, you can dispose of them, but we do just say keep them out of reach and do it straight away. I think, you know, hearing Alison's story, and I know Alison and, you know, the heartache that they go through every single day since they've lost Ella, you know, if there's one thing that you take from this, it's to go and to know exactly where the button batteries are in your home make sure they're secured uh, and out of reach. In terms of the future of button batteries, do you think they're here to stay or are there alternatives to button batteries that we can use that are going to be less of a threat to children? That's a really great can I interrupt? I'm under the impression that they are here to stay, um, which is a little bit disappointing for me, but... I think the smaller gadgets and the demand for smaller gadgets is requiring a smaller size battery and the market is flooded with these little handy devices now um, and that's obviously our demand that's wanting this but um, I'm hoping that we've got new standards that are coming into Australia uh, next year so I'm hoping that manufacturers are, are going to start to change their design to, um, you know, maybe opt for the bigger batteries um, or try to move away from the button batteries because we are going to have really tough standards on those manufacturers. And I know some devices, you can't actually change the battery. It's small and you've got to recharge the device, um, but there's no way for a consumer to change the battery in theory unless you get a screwdriver out and do it yourself. Do you think that might be the pathway that they'll go down or will there always be that demand for replaceable button batteries? I think we're going to probably have both. Um, it's obviously going to come down to profit margins with businesses um, and the button batteries are a cheaper alternative to make. But ideally, yeah, I'd love it if it was just always a rechargeable. That would be fantastic. Now, do you want to talk to me about uh, Bella's Footprints Foundation? Yeah, so we started an awareness campaign a couple of months after Bella passed away uh, because me as a parent, I'd never heard of um, button battery uh, fatalities or the, the seriousness of it. I knew batteries were dangerous, but I had no idea that a button battery could lodge in an esophagus and do the damage that it could. So uh, I thought, well, if I don't know this, and, and I was 
uh, a mother for five years and how many other mothers out, out there don't know. And so we set on uh, a campaign just to try to educate more and more and then eventually we turned it into a foundation. So now we're, um, you know, trying to get this message out Australia-wide um, and educate parents, carers, teachers, you know, early childhood um, educators, grandparents, basically the whole whole of Australia on the dangers of um, batteries, but also to how to be safe and, and how to prevent any injuries. And you've launched a, a billboard campaign in Torquay, is that right? Yeah, sorry. Uh, last week, um, Mel and I, with Kids Safe, we uh, went down to Torquay, um, launched our first billboard, um, and we put it in, obviously, an area that um, is great for local exposure, but also, too, for all the holiday makers and the beachgoers that are heading down that way. Uh, we figured over the summer period, we've got a lot of families that travel down that way, um, and we just thought it would be a great way just to help uh, reinforce the button battery safety message, especially for Christmas and over the holiday period. And, and you know, everyone's out buying toys at the moment for presents and thing and household items. Mm. So we just want people to be more cautious when they're actually buying products this Christmas. And where is the billboard? Uh, it's located on the uh, Surf Coast Highway in Torquay, in a major shopping strip opposite uh, Rip Oh, okay. So as you're driving down to the beach, you'll see it there and it'll be fairly prominent. Yeah, that's right. Um, Melanie, do you want to talk about the campaign from the perspective of Kids Safe Victoria? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, you know, what Alison said. Um, and, and in Victoria, every single year we have 30,000 uh, first-time families. So, you know, button batteries are not something that people are aware of until they really become a parent or carer. They're not something that's, that's dangerous to, to adults. Um, so, you know, it's so important to get that message out every single year um, as much as possible to, to make sure that we do get to all the parents, the grandparents, you know, the carers, babysitters as well. Um, and as people are going on holidays, they might be staying in a, a place they're unfamiliar with. Um, they might be going you know, to an Airbnb or something like that. So just making sure that button batteries are on their radar. And, and for us, that billboard is just such a perfect reminder to families on the way to those destinations to make sure that it, it is top of mind and, and that they do have a safe holiday period. And is it the actual chemicals in the battery that make it so dangerous or is it just the size and the shape of it that makes it more likely to become lodged somewhere? Um, it, it is the size. Um, it's both, actually. So the size, uh, in particular, the larger one, they can, the 20 millimetre diameter, they're slightly too big to pass through the esophagus. And if you think about um, an infant or a younger child, their esophagus is a lot smaller than ours. So um, the size of those bigger batteries, they do cause it to lodge. But what happens is, uh, obviously, a chemical reaction takes place. So when the battery is mixed with saliva, mm. um, it, it sort of uh, creates the reaction um, a little bit like oven cleaner in, in a way. Um, and there's an alkaline reaction that, that takes place. So um, it, it's quite devastating what, mm. what happens. And obviously it, it causes burns and continues to burn. Um, where the esophagus is, um, the main, obviously, blood supply, the aorta is sitting right behind it. So that's why we've got to act fast when there's an ingestion. Yeah, that's pretty scary. So if you do suspect that there's been an ingestion or if you, in fact, know that there's been an ingestion, what should you do? 
Yeah, you can call. Sorry, Mel. Do you want to? Say no, that? no, that's cool. I was just going to uh, say, yeah, sure. What is you? Call triple zero for an ambulance, or otherwise call the, the toys. Uh, sorry, for an ambulance in an emergency. That's really important. Um, otherwise, the Poisons Information Centre, which is one three double one two six. They're around twenty four hours, seven days a week, um, and and that's particularly if you know exactly what has happened. And I see here it says, don't wait until there are symptoms. You need to call for urgent action immediately because I'm assuming that by the time they show symptoms, that's probably too late. Yeah, that's right. Especially if it's a fully charged battery. So uh, within two hours, you could have fatal bleeding. So, yeah, you've really got to act, act quickly. Well, it's pretty uh, devastating to think about that happening. Um, we're obviously really sorry for your loss, Alison, but it would appear that you've done some tremendous work at turning that into an opportunity to advocate for this issue. And let's hope that the new standards that come through achieve some good. But also let's hope that the message gets out there to other parents, grandparents, babysitters, etc., looking after children, that uh, they really are careful about button batteries lying around the house. So, look, thank you very much to both of you for being on the program this this morning. Um, where can people go to find out more information about the campaign or if they want to find out about the uh, the Footprints Foundation? Yeah, uh, we've got a, a social media campaign on Facebook, but we've also got a website. You can head over to bellasfootprints.com.au. Uh, our campaign is on our page and you can also just donate to our cause as well. Well, good luck with the campaign. Thank you for being on the program and thanks for sharing the information with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much, Mitchell. My pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Melanie Courtney with us there, the CEO of Kids Safe Victoria, and also Alison Rees, who sadly lost her daughter, Bella, uh, passed away at 14 months old after swallowing a button battery. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.